Welcome to Funding the Dream, a Game Whisperer podcast for Kickstarters. I'm Richard Bliss, the Game Whisperer and your host, and I'm joined tonight by A.J. Porfirio, the creator, designer of If I'm Going Down, a zombie-themed dying card game. A.J., thanks for joining me. Hey, absolutely. No problem. So we're going to talk about your Kickstarter project. It's been about a week now since it was successful. You um, funded your project, you, and you surpassed your funding request. And so tell us a little bit about If I'm Going Down, kind of where it came from and what your ideas were about bringing it out. It, it kind of originated when I received a board game for Christmas, a, a zombie game I'd really been wanting to play for a long time. I had some family in town. No one, No one's really... Uh, hardcore gamers or anything like that, but I figured surely someone will play it with me. And it turns out no one, no one did. So I'm left holding this great game that I really want to play, and I can't play it. That's kind of where the idea originated for if I'm going down, because it was always uh, going to be built with solo play in mind. Uh, so that's how if I'm going down originated. Uh, now, it's not just solo. You can play cooperatively. Okay. So you have this idea, I'm going to do a own game, and then you're on Kickstarter. What was, the, what was the time frame there, and kind of what went into planning to do that? Yep. Um, I'd say sometime this spring, I think, you know, five or six months ago, realized, wow, you know, if I can, if I can do this right, really plan and go at this strategically, then I can, you know, can help someone like me make this happen. When you did this, now my understanding is, is that you decided to fund this even though the money you were asking for, you asked for a pledge of $6,000. And you, I think you were quite upfront about the fact that the $6,000 wasn't enough money for you to do this and that you planned all along that it was, it was just going to help fund it, not necessarily fund it all the way, right? Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, first and foremost, I, I mean, I had, I've ponied up money long before the Kickstarter even launched. I mean, I wanted to make sure I had great artwork. I am by no means a good artist. Had to go get that from someone else. And the artist for the game, Aaron Wong, is amazing. He is. Uh, he's seen some of the zombies. He's, you know, does amazing work, and I'm so happy to so you took, have him on the team. So you took steps and went and found him. How did you find him? You know, I found him on DeviantArt, DeviantArt.com. It's, it's kind of a website for, for artists, and they kind of put their put their work out there and I really got lucky because he was one of the first that I looked at and I when I saw his work I was like wow this is this is it this is the style I want it's perfect but I reached up to him as well as a few others because I mean when does it ever work the first time Uh, and strangely enough he was quick to respond he was you know the other ones I sent things to I, I still don't know if I've gotten anything back from them so it was just maybe it was fate. I don't know. But, well, I'll tell uh, you so that w- when you look at the uh, when you look at the website, excuse me, not the website, but the Kickstarter campaign, that artwork uh, jumps out immediately. Especially as you scroll down and show the two sides of your cards, the the weapons, and the different characters, it really makes your project pop. And it, and I would guess that that was a significant contribution that people could see that you had already invested. This wasn't something you were just kind of hacking together. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I wanted to have a professional presentation, have uh, the kind of art where you would see on, you know, a game on, you know, on the store shelf if you went into the store. I mean, so you you came up with an, uh, the dollar amount, and then your pledges. You get you did something kind of unique with your pledges. Uh, you kind of created a voting system based on how much money people uh, pledged to have influence on the game. You want to explain that a little bit? Yes. So I wanted to I wanted to have a ca- campaign that was 
very interactive. I've got, I've got a lot of projects myself, and it always just seems like you go back, you give me your money, and it's kind of like, okay, kind of look for updates, and that's kind of it. I want it to be a little different where people were involved with the campaign from the beginning to the end. Essentially what happened, what I did was the backers are responsible for creating the concepts for the promo cards that they're going to get from this, the pledge that they gave. So throughout the campaign, I had votes, and, and the backers would vote on, hey, you know, what do you want the zombie promo card to be? And they voted and said, hey, we want you know the votes played out, a sexy teacher zombie, and so that's what they're going to get. Uh, same thing for a resource or weapon card. They wanted a lawnmower, you know, like the movie Dead Alive, like the Ear Jackson, if anyone's seen that. Um, so your backers, they, actually, as you interacted with them, I think as I look, you had uh, 25 updates that you made as the game was going, uh, as, as the project was going on, which is actually on the high side. That puts you in the, uh, in the top 20 of a uh, number of comments that you made as, uh, not comments, but updates. And then you, you're, you had about 34 comments. So people, it sounded like the interaction was going back and forth. Yeah, I did. I, I did have probably more updates than probably most most other projects. Uh, that was just a byproduct of the kind of interactive strategy I was taking. Uh, I don't think anyone who pledged, you know, was blindsided by the fact that I was updating pretty frequently. Uh, I mean, if you read the page and knew kind of how it was working, then you knew to expect that. Uh, maybe there's some folks out there that don't like to get updates that often, but I don't. You, you might know, tell I them if they have, don't like the updates, don't don't back the project. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I I didn't I tried not to update unless it was something meaningful. Uh, but I think people appreciated, you know, I, I threw graphs up there. Hey, where the votes were at? This is where who's voting. You know, where the different votes are. Who's voting for what? So they could see that, and I wanted, you know. They, they should be able to see that. I need to have credibility that I'm not just like saying, hey, everyone vote, and then I go pick my favorite. I mean, right, right. It was, you know, always meant to be in their hands. And so, I mean, the, the whole, one of the strategies around that is I want them to feel like they help create it. So when they get the game, when it's finally produced and I'm able to ship it, if it's me and I know that I help vote and decide on some of these things, I'm like really excited, like, hey, you know, I was there from the beginning. I helped uh, create that. And that's kind of one of the reasonings behind why I did that. And another reason is if I can keep people engaged throughout the campaign, they're much more likely to go hit the like button on Facebook or just make a quick comment on Twitter or whatever it is than if they pledge the first day and then, you know, they never hear from me again or, or to get a couple updates throughout the project. It really was a strategy, and I'm not, I don't know if that's how it played out or not, but that was kind of well, what I was going for. It would for. appear that it did. You did a couple of things. For one, uh, when you put up the funding, uh, I noticed, and I can't find it on your site now, I saw a bump in the funding kind of halfway through. Uh, it looked yeah. Like, uh, any idea why that happened? Yep, so let me give you the background and tell you how, how that came about. I'm constantly throughout the campaign doing things to try to keep the momentum going, keep backers coming in, what else can I do to get the game out there? So what happened in that situation was I was on Board Game Geek, and um, there was a thread, and it, it read something to the effect of, 
Kickstarter projects are not friendly to uh, international backers. Shipping is, you know, ridiculously way too high. They're basically saying, you know, put together a bulk level so that we can get the game at, you know, a, close to the same price as American backers by having the games all shipped to one place or one address. I've thrown this level up there, so I threw up a level of $360 for 12 games, and essentially the breakdown was where each game was $30 with the promos, which is actually better than uh, if you pledged individually $35, you get free U.S. shipping in the promos. So it actually ended up being better. So if it, it could even work if American backers wanted to do it. But uh, this this guy from Brazil uh, said, hey, you know, it's been an hour and I've got I've already got 12 guys, so it's on. I was like, wow, this is amazing. He's like, but, you know, by tomorrow, this time, you'll have uh, a pledge. And so we're right – I was approaching 6,000, which was the funding goal, and I was like, wow, this is amazing. If this – you know, it turns out that your pledge puts it over 6,000, what a great story that's going to be. And so, you know, the next day comes, I'm like anxiously awaiting. He's already told me it's going to happen. And then sure enough, bam, it, it pings and hits a, they put in a, a $360 level. But then not just that, there was two that came through. And I'm like kind of doing a double take, like, you know, did something happen? Did, uh, did he, he you know, it was a mistake? Did or, he do it twice? Yeah. Right. And turns out he found, you know, another 12. So just so, by me being interactive on board gaming and listening to what people were saying, and I, I want to stress this, yes, people, if you're doing a Kickstarter project, do everything you can to uh, make it so that you can uh, send or, or attract international um, buyers. I'm going to do the figures. I don't have them yet, but I'm guessing probably 20 to 30% of my backers are international. And you ha- you're right. I'm looking here. And then you had a $400 person as well. So uh, you know, that's uh, right there. That's $1,000. 10% of your funding came from three backers. Who uh, were looking for? Who took advantage of yeah. international shipping? And, and I also had the a uh, hundred and eighty dollar level for six games, and I had a guy. He had kind of been watching it, and then late in the campaign, last the last day, I think he came in at that level. So, yeah, I mean that's you know a thousand bucks right there between I mean three backers, but ultimately more people that'll get the game. But yeah. And then and you have, so, a, and then you have a two hundred dollar one that I want to talk about because you had you had more choices than is usually recommended in a Kickstarter campaign. Um, now your two your higher ones, uh, which would have been nice, but you know you didn't get the thousand or the six hundred dollar one. But you did sell out of a limited two hundred dollar. You raised eight hundred dollars from four backers. There were only four slots for the what you call the Jesse level. Um, what, what, what's different about that than some of the other levels that uh, I was kind of looking at it and and right from the from the appearance, I couldn't understand why somebody would be pledging two hundred dollars versus the hundred and seventy-five. Yeah, so the difference between the hundred and seventy-five and the two hundred is this two hundred. Though, okay, so in each of those levels, the backer gets to go through the, the design process and design a custom a character right for the game. The, the hundred seventy-five dollar level is a character for their personal use. The $200 level, the character actually is going to be a character in the game. Oh, so those four so what, people at the 200 are going to be in all of the core sets. The one who pledged 175, and then 
I think the 400 comes with a character for yep. youngies. Yep. They'll so, get they'll get a character, but it's one of a kind just for them. No one else will have it. I did have quite a few levels. I wanted to make sure I had the spread because I know you talked to, I forget what the, the project is, but the comic project that's doing fantastically. Howard Taylor at uh, Schlockmer, right, Howard Taylor Schlockmer. Yeah, and you kind of mentioned, hey, you don't have a kind of lower level. I wanted to make sure I had covered the full gambit. So if someone wanted to come in $25 just for the base game, they could do that. If, you know, some rich guy out there had money to blow and wanted to do a $1,000 level and I, you know, get lucky, then I wanted to have that there. I read something somewhere, and I think it was the Purple Pond article, and it basically said if you don't have a level, a high level for a whale, then you're not going to get a pledge there. Right, because it, it doesn't cost you anything, right? It doesn't cost you anything, yeah. So, so I wanted to have it. It didn't, you know, that didn't pan out, and that's okay. But you never know when someone comes by and they're like, hey, I'd love to have the designer come out or whatever that the rewards are at that point. Um, you know, if, but if it's not there, it's not going to happen. So $10,000 is, is a respectable amount of money. Uh, a year ago, it would have been a great amount of money. Uh, Alien Facts, Alien Frontiers did 14000 last year. But now, nowadays, with just the sheer attention that some of these games are getting, and you mentioned Schlock Mercenary, I, I often talk about D-Day Dice, which is uh, doing so very well. I think it passed the $50,000 mark today. Uh, these guys came in with a track record of people being aware of the, of the intellectual property. D-Day Dice had been thoroughly tested, and then Schlock Mercenary, as you heard on the podcast, you know, Howard brought in 100,000 fans. And so that's why one reason in 30, 48 hours he hits $25,000 because he had those fans. What kind of uh, prep did you do to tell people about your project before it went live so that you could get some momentum going there? Because you had some good momentum uh, right from the, from the uh, right out the door, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, I recognize that as pretty much a requirement to be successful, at least in my eyes. So I think with those two projects you mentioned, they both natively had um, a following and that they just had because they already had a great project probably before they even knew about Kickstarter. So that's awesome for those, you know, for both those projects. Like it's like once they launch, they already kind of have this great following. That wasn't necessarily the case for me. I mean, I have a good core group of friends and family that I knew, you know, I could get some support on, but I knew that also wasn't going to be enough. So, uh, one of the things I always tell people that is a big part of the success was just getting on Twitter. There's a, such an amazing um, group of, of game industry people and designers and uh, reviewers and podcasters and everything on Twitter. And um, one of the best things I did, I mean, I got such great support from those guys. And, um, it, you know, it, it works both ways. And I, I try to give support to them where I can as well. Uh, so that's one thing. Uh, as it got closer to time, I did a, I, I actually did kind of what I did during the campaign, except before, I did a, a vote for a zombie on Board Game Geek in the month leading up to the launch of the Kickstarter. So that was kind of one way of kind of getting some notice on Board Game Geek, that what I was doing, getting people interested. And then I, for a month or two, or maybe three before the campaign, I had a mailing list that you could sign up for my website. I had, you know, one of the zombies up there 
hey, if you want to, you know, I'm going Kickstarter with this. If you want to sign up to be notified when it launches, you know, give me your email here. How many people? So, how many people give you their email? Uh, I think I ended up getting sixty or seventy. And that uh, it wasn't it wasn't a huge amount, but I mean it was something. It was something everyone counts. So. Well, you had 187 backers on the Kickstarter, but now obviously you had 24 backers that didn't show up from the from the pledge. So you had about. Oh, 200. I think more than that. I think more than that didn't show up from the mailing list, which that's okay. No, no, no. I mean, I mean that uh, you had 12 people who backed you through the international from the guy in Brazil. You had 20, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You had 24, but they just don't show 24, up. 24, yeah. You, they don't show up in your stats, so you you ended up with about 180, so uh, total about 200, a little over 200. So if you had 60 people, you know that's not too bad. Uh, that was probably yeah. what propelled you to your $2,000, that 20% number that you had almost yeah, so right here, out of the gate. So here's what I here's what I did with that though, because it's not just getting the emails; it's then what do you do with it. So what I did was like two or three days before I'm about to launch the project, I send them an email and I say. Hey guys, you're my core. You're my kind of my closest group of people. You've already expressed interest in this. Here's what I'm doing. I'm launching the project in three days. I have seen and know that it is so important to have, be off to a good start and build momentum. So the you know the best thing you guys can do if you're going to be back in this project is to get in within the first 48 hours. And then I kind of go on to say if you if you're not going to get in then that's okay if it's not for you, but there's maybe there's probably someone in your network of friends that might be interested in zombies or gaming or both. So, you know, throw a quick note up on Facebook or Twitter and help me get the word out and this will all contribute to getting off to a great start and, you know, hopefully then continuing on to a successful project. I think to me that was that was a big part of uh, getting off to the good start and getting, um, what did I have the first day? 27, 27 pledges on the first day. I think it was ended up being 18% or so yep. uh, of funding. Yep. So that was great. So, yeah. So that was, I mean, that was huge. I think if you're thinking about getting on Kickstarter and you, you can't get five to 10% uh, funded from your kind of core group, you need to Maybe hold off. Yeah, you need to go back to the drawing board, right? Yeah, I mean, you see projects out there, and you know, it hurts me to kind of see some people and feel bad for them when they can't even get a hundred dollars because that means, you know, you're not, you know, you're. I mean, I had, you know, four or five hundred dollars from my family and friends, so I knew that would be good, but not enough. But I mean, if you can't even get your friends and family, then you kind of need to go back to the drawing board and, uh, and. Give it another get a little time. better strategy and try to get off to a better start. Well, we're out of time. I certainly appreciate AJ you uh, sitting down and sharing some of the, uh, your experiences and some of the things that you've learned. I know that listeners will be really intrigued by the success that you had. Um, your video was quite unique for those who haven't seen it. Uh, <laughs> it's a little bit of a zombie movie. You get to go watch that. That was fun. Yeah, that looked yeah, like that was fun. And then my last question here is: we just uh, as we end, are, are you going to? Your Kickstarter experience was good enough. You're going to have another uh, Kickstarter uh, project come out. Uh, that's TBD. I don't want to. I don't want to say either way because I honestly don't know. Um, I if if I'm you know if I can be successful and produce the game on my own, that's what I want to do. All right. uh, if I'm in a situation where I need Kickstarter, then I may go back to it. 
But I do want to mention, if anyone is interested in this Kickstarter, uh, you can now pre-order If I'm Going Down from our website, vanridergames.com. And that's Rider with a Y. Yeah, vanrider with a Y, games.com. And just click through to the shop, and uh, if you pre-order, you're guaranteed to get a copy in the first printing, and it's free shipping uh, for U.S. and still discounted for international. Perfect. Well, AJ, a pleasure. Thank you very much. Congratulations on uh, your success in funding your dream. And we're going to watch. Ex- uh, exciting to see the next phase as you bring this out. Thanks for being with us. Oh, thank you, Richard. I, I really love the podcast, and I'll be following along. Appreciate it. Okay, uh, that uh, wraps up our podcast for uh, this episode. I want to say thank you for listening, and uh, take care.